Hello, welcome. This is a tutorial to know your nervous system, and we will begin with a quote by Deb Dana. She says, when the inner workings of our biology are mystery, we feel as if we're at the mercy of unknown, unexplainable, and unpredictable experiences. Once we know how our nervous system works, we can work with it. So what is your nervous system? Your central nervous system is your brain and spinal cord. There is a portion called the autonomic nervous system, and note how close that word is to automatic. And the autonomic nervous system manages activity below conscious thought, including shifts in behavioral states and biological pathways to increase chances of survival. Some of these shifts in biological pathways include blood pressure, hormones, and your breathing patterns. With your autonomic nervous system, you have the sympathetic nervous system. This is your activation and mobilization pathway. It's commonly called fight or flight. You also have the parasympathetic pathway. This is cool, calm, content, commonly called rest and digest or feed and breed. Now, you need both. And in fact, many biological impulses are a dance between the sympathetic and parasympathetic pathways. For example, your parasympathetic pathway slows your heartbeat. Your sympathetic pathway increases your heartbeat. Parasympathetic stimulates activity of stomach and intestines. Sympathetic inhibits the activity of your stomach and intestines. Keep that in mind. Because again, we need both. And again, biological pathways depend on both systems. It's unreasonable and undesirable to always be cool, calm, content. It's also unsustainable to be stuck in that go, 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 do, do, do of the sympathetic pathway. And here's where we come into a modern problem. Many things that are not life-threatening are triggering our fight or flight response. They're getting us stuck in that sympathetic pathway. So we live in a state of stress and survival, even when surrounded by comfort and safety. Compound that with the fact that many of us do not spend enough time in the parasympathetic state where the body dedicates resources to cleansing, healing, repair, regeneration, and detoxification. So again, sympathetic activation when it's chronic, reduces your ability to feel safe, social, connected, and creative. And then the world begins to feel intense, aggressive, rushed. There's never enough time, enough resources, and everyone has an edge. Everyone has an edge for how much sympathetic activation they can stand, and then they fall off that edge, and you fall into numbness, shutdown, dissociation, burnout. So balancing sympathetic and parasympathetic is what we want to achieve. And this is how we get to flow states, play, and creativity at work and at home. Now, let's talk more about what happens in each pathway. With the sympathetic pathway, the body sends blood and energy to the periphery, especially the arms and legs, because this is what we would use for fighting or fleeing. In the sympathetic pathway, digestion is inhibited, 
healing processes are bypassed because you've got to focus on other things and get up and go neurotransmitters are pumped through the body. Your fast twitch muscles are primed for action and these include the trapezius and the quads. So these muscles being humming and ready to go leads to tightness in the upper back, shoulders and neck. You're likely to start tucking under with the engagement of the quads, so tucking under the buttocks, and this leads to more tension in groins and hip flexors, but also takes out the natural curve of the lumbar spine, so more stress and strain on the lower back. Because there's so much energy going to the periphery, your deeper core endurance muscles are compromised. Your breath is likely to become shallow and chest driven as the inhale gets more rapid and this creates more sympathetic activation. So it can become a vicious cycle. Contrast this with the parasympathetic pathway, which signals to the body that it is safe. It does not need to fight or flee. So blood can be redirected to the core of the body for activity like digestion, repair, and regeneration. The neurochemistry in this pathway promotes feelings of calm and contentment. It encourages you to be social and engaged and connected, and the superficial muscles soften so the deep endurance muscles come back online, especially as you get into functional breathing where the inhale and exhale are more balanced, and that exhale is key to stimulating the vagus nerve. So once again, sympathetic, parasympathetic, we want them to be like scales, balanced and in a dynamic relationship. And a balanced nervous system is one that has resilience. You can easily bounce back from stress, but you can also rise up and respond to the call of duty. And then you're able to also deeply and completely rest. The journey to a balanced nervous system begins by understanding the vagus nerve. And the vagus nerve can be stimulated through very simple techniques like elongated exhale. We'll use exhale through pursed lips like you're breathing through a straw. Also, the vagus nerve is stimulated through humming, singing, chanting, prayer, and head below the heart positions. That includes things like child's pose, bridge, hips on a block, and legs up, just as much as headstand, shoulder stand, down dog, and wide-legged forward fold. Now, breathing is key because the inhale is controlled by the phrenic nerve and activates the sympathetic nervous system. The exhale is driven by the vagus nerve and activates the parasympathetic response. Which brings us to what exactly is the vagus nerve? So note the name. It comes from the root vega, like vagabond, and it means wandering. It's this nerve that wanders through your body. It is the 10th cranial nerve. It runs down the sides of your throat. It is the conduit between the body and the brainstem. It's commonly called the gut-brain axis, and it basically is the parasympathetic nervous system. It innervates organs like your heart, lungs, kidney, gallbladder, stomach, and intestines, also your face and parts of your throat. The ventral portion is the front. It's above the respiratory diaphragm, and the dorsal portion is the back below respiratory diaphragm. Now, the ventral vagal, dorsal vagal is a talk for another day, 
But important to note that when the ventral vagal portion is activated, you have access to higher thinking like the prefrontal cortex. So this is your rational brain. And it also explains why when we get too stressed out, we actually can't think clearly. And we need the parasympathetic system online to think clearly and creatively. So the autonomic nervous system is always scanning the environment for cues of danger or safety. And this is something that a man by the name of Stephen Porges, who's considered like the father of polyvagal theory, calls neuroception. Based on the information your senses and body receives and your personal conditioning, the autonomic nervous system shifts behavioral states and biological pathways to increase chances and survival. Now, here's the key. The autonomic shifts are below conscious thought. It's a reaction to whatever environment you're in externally. This could be sounds, looks, smells, as well as internally. So your internal state can influence these pathways. For example, chronic illness, chronic pain, or even hangry. Important to note that the autonomic state, what's happening inside of your body with the autonomic nervous system happens first, and then the meaning-making story follows. The good news is we have less control than we think. The bad news is we have less control than we think. And the breath is the key to change. Here's a quote from Stephen Porges. By processing information from the environment through the senses, the nervous system continually evaluates risk. I've coined the term neuroception to describe how neural circuits distinguish whether situations or people are safe, dangerous, or life-threatening. Because of our heritage as a species, neuroception takes place in primitive parts of the brain without our conscious awareness. Said another way by Justin Sanseri, neuroception has nothing to do with choice. It has everything to do with predetermined neurobiological responses to safety or danger. These responses are encoded into our DNA.